I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly, and this is episode five, a not-so-merry Christmas. And it is a sin. I am ashamed of the producers for missing that opportunity to spell it, M-E-R-I. So that's just the first of the many disappointments of this episode. How many disappointments did you have? Many, 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 many. I'm not, try- I'm not trying to keep count. All right, so looking at TLC's episode description, it's Christmas and the family is divided over Cody's pitch to live in one house. A pregnancy is revealed. The family confronts the fact that their houses in Vegas are not selling. Their finances are at a breaking point. What's your What's your episode description, though? Because obviously that one's not so great. All right, buckle up. Here's my description. Mary and Robin show us their best biggie housey poker faces. Cody plans to use his Christmas present to direct construction at Coyote Pass. The family attempts to understand microeconomics. Cody reveals Flagstaff was the runner-up heaven on earth. All right, so let's take this episode to the nuts edge and get it going. Overall thoughts about the episode? Um, at least, at least there was new information. At least there was something else to talk about. I personally felt like I was being forced to watch someone else's really boring Christmas home video for at least half the episode. Yeah, that was pretty much what was going on. Which I had absolutely no desire to do. For me, it's all new learning experiences, though. So I got to see a lot and see how the family interacts in these current situations now. So it was it was educational for me, at the very least. Well, I'm glad one of us got something out of it. And at least it was an educational experience, since this is TLC, the learning channel. So we kick off the episode, and we are in Mary's mansion for Christmas Eve 
evening because we spent the morning at Christine's for the presentation. So we've gathered that information and now the family's over at Mary's to continue on with the Christmas celebration. Right. And we've already established that Robin gets the entire day of Christmas at her rental. Exactly. So we'll save that for the back burner and and talk about that here in a minute. But as we take a quick look around Mary's house, uh, it looks like Maddie's kid just got up from a nap. Like they disturbingly woke him up and he's alarmed with what's going on and taking place in this house. Okay, my favorite part. Solomon is standing in front of Mary's tree and they take a nice long shot of it. That tree was so freaking small. They they didn't get the abandoned mall size tree. They didn't get the food court tree. Yeah, so so it's possible either either it was really small or it was actually like a 9-foot tall tree, but Mary's mansion just dwarfed it. Yeah, when the ceilings are that high, it's it skews your perception. Yeah. It was decorated like she went into Hobby Lobby and was like, I'm just going to take the tree that's on display. Could I just buy that one? That's the one to get. And just walk straight out the door with it and threw it in that corner. It's like buying the buying the outfit right off the mannequin. You know, all the work's done. Just put it in my cart. That's about as much effort as Mary is willing to put into Christmas these days. So Robin is recounting the Cody Biggie Housey presentation that took place at Christine's earlier in the day and is recapping the pictures she saw in the presentation this morning. And she's really upset that Cody kind of threw this on everybody's plate to talk about on Christmas. It's She's just trying to say that it's not the right time to bring this up and leave the holidays to be the holidays where we can be together as a family and celebrate all together, but not talk about all this crazy shit. All together, but they've already lost three kids who didn't bother to come home to Flagstaff for Christmas Eve. All together, meaning the people that Robin cares about personally in her life. So Cody starts trying to predict which of their kids will move, quote, back to Flagstaff, which I did not understand, given they never lived here to start with. Cody does not even remember that these kids didn't live there at any point in time, that they left them in Vegas. It's like Cody's always been in Flagstaff his entire life. Home is where the heart is. He has completely erased his memory. Home is where the wives are. At this point, of everywhere else they've lived and where they've left their children. And it's hard to take him seriously, though, because he's wearing a Harambe gorilla sweater for Christmas that with like two kittens on it. Too. I don't know what was going on with that. It's actually available on Amazon for purchase if you would like one yourself. No, I, no kidding. I went there to see. I wanted to see if it was labeled Harambe. Uh, it is not, oh, okay. but it was definitely... A Harambe sweater. R.I.P. Never forget. Never forget. But yeah, and then they had to recap here of which which kids do you think would move to Flagstaff? And who was Cody's first pick? Cody says Caleb, who is not his biological child. Which which wife birthed Caleb? I guess when you have 18 kids, you just start to assume that they're all yours. You know, and Caleb has always been Cody's favorite kid. That's what it comes down to. That's his favorite kid. Do you remember ever since they brought him home that first day from the hospital, swaddled in a in a Ford pickup truck? In a Harambe sweater. In a Harambe sweater, swaddled and clothed with some probably chewing tobacco, some chaw. Now it's present time at Mary's on Christmas Eve, and she pulls out the most exciting present that any kid could get, pajama pants. Jammies. I do love me some good Christmas jammies, though. I'm not going to lie. Mary went to Old Navy and bought like two dozen pairs of flannel pajama pants. Yeah, she talks about how she used to make pajamas for all the kids, but now 
She just goes out and buys them instead because, I mean, money's just a number. They're not in a tight spot financially or anything with the moves or the houses or living arrangements or anything, really. She did go to Old Navy, so she probably bought 12... Oh, she cleaned up. 12, 13 pairs of pajama pants for for what, like 20 bucks? I don't know. Easy. Yeah, you can clear. Oh, yeah, you can clean house there. So then Christine's trying to take pictures and she's making these terrible, horrible noises, I guess, to get these adult children and teenage children's attention to direct them towards the camera. But she's making all kinds of like vocalizing, high screeching, disturbing sounds that I'm I'm not used to hearing. Well, they don't work for her because she doesn't get even one good photo out of it. Cody asks if anyone wants to see the drawings from his presentation that he gave so eloquently. So he already contradicts himself from earlier in the day when he says that he's not going to push the biggie housey on them. It's just something to noodle on. And he pulls out legit blueprints that are even stored in a tube. So you know that they actually came from an architect this time. Well, and I like how he he asks if anyone wants to see it. The only person who voices an interest is Christine's son, Hayden, to which Cody directs him to, yeah, go ahead and look in those white tubes. Because if Cody doesn't get to fire up a PowerPoint presentation, it's just not worth his time. So he's just like, oh yeah, they're over there if, if you'd like to just peruse them. I was offended for the wives when it came to these blueprints. Because it seems like blueprints are a thing that you get made when you're pretty far down the path of wanting to build a house. So for Cody to say that this is all just kind of an idea that he's putting out there getting their feelers on seems like a load of bullshit when you already paid an architect to draw you up blueprints of what this house is going to be. Yeah, Robin tried to say that she didn't know that Cody had blueprints, but let's be honest. Let's be real. He was storing them under Robin's bed. So party's over. It's time to talk Biggie Housey, but Robin still is dodging this topic because not today. She wants it to be peaceful. She wants it to be nice and perfect. Right. Robin is busy living in a Christmas carol. And Christine is making herself busy to avoid any more conversation or pretending to listen to Cody talk about the Biggie Housey anymore. Yeah, Christine is just frantically cleaning Mary's kitchen. Avoiding it at all costs. She's just throwing things into random Tupperwares. There was a lot of crescent rolls on that counter, let me tell you. And I don't know, some sort of casserole. Okay, I have a note about that later mm. on. Uh, I think it was at Robin's house on Christmas Day. Okay. There were like a hundred dinner rolls in the background. They love the gluten. They do. I love bread. Brown family runs on bread. That's a that's a fact. I can't believe I missed the first basket. Oh man, yeah, they were they were rolling deep at Mary's. Even there was a heaping portion of them in a bowl, taking up some good real estate on the counter there. The only person that Cody manages to hook is Janelle, as far as the wives go, to look at these blueprints. Well, yeah, so let's roll out these blueprints. And I mean, by roll them out, I mean, literally, they're fresh out of the tube. And we got to clear off the centerpiece off the table because they're rolling them out. And you keep rolling, keep rolling. This is a big blueprint. There's a lot of house to go through here, people. Now, if Christine was smart, she should enter the room and participate in this showing of the blueprints and just maybe trip a little bit with something in her hand and spill something all, spill some fruit punch all over the, the blueprints. Yeah, it can't be wine. It's not going to be wine because that would, that would definitely fuck up some blueprints. A little Kool-Aid. Yeah, something, something like that. Some tang. Some uh, cranberry sauce. Some dinner rolls. <laughs> 
<laughs> Soaked in, in gravy. Yeah, and if we thought Christine had sass last week, oh boy, there was some sass this week too. Christine had told Cody that she will think about this with an open mind, to which the producer asks her, are you thinking about it with an open mind? Because it doesn't sound like you're thinking about it with an open mind. Yeah, she gets called out on the fact that she's totally contradicting herself. And she immediately admits it. Oh no, I'm not thinking about this with an open mind. Not at all. She is straight up lying about her ability to keep an open mind about this house when she's already expressed five minutes ago how much she hates it and that she will absolutely not consider it. Isabel is on the same page as her mom and she thinks that the Biggie Housie is going to be drama, which is exactly what TLC wanted to hear. Yeah, cross your fingers. That'll keep it on for another season or two. Life support. Her biggest concerns, bedtimes, Mm. and everyone shutting the fuck up. Yeah, because our family's really loud and we all have different schedules, so that would be tough because when we need to be quiet, we don't know how to be. Once again, we hear that Robin doesn't go to sleep until the early hours of the morning and doesn't wake until like noon. Low-key noon. Robin regales us with the days when all the other wives had to live in the one plague house in Utah, and she would just drop by casually while planning her ascent to the family throne. Yeah, she harkens back to that uh, three-shared apartment compound in Lehigh, Utah. Good old Lehigh. That's how I'm going to refer to it from here on out because that's the first time i heard the name of the place and so give him a good old texas roadhouse lehigh it was a great setup she loved it she got to see how the family all lived as one big family she loved it without having to actually live in it firsthand oh absolutely and get this she's totally busted here because this is her just outright admitting that she wants what the other wives had and cody owes it to her because she didn't get to experience it with her kid next we get a bombshell robin tells us that she had options of marrying and being monogamous okay robin try to stay humble she has ideas of what a plural family should be she wanted plural family operating as one family that's what she wanted she wants that but she didn't actually experience any of the shitty aspects of the one family, one home life. Because the other wives have been telling her, living together ain't all it's cracked up to be, honey. We learned that joining a plural marriage as a new wife is just like getting a new job. When you're interviewing, everyone tells you all this positive stuff about how great it's going to be. And then once you start, you learn the truth, which is that everyone is unhappy and that things actually suck. Look, yeah, they tell you that they're cool with flexible work arrangements and stuff like that. Then the first time you work from home, everyone's asking you where you're at. They're freaking out. They're like, yeah, we take an hour lunch, but that's why you got to work from eight to five. Janelle likes community, which she tells us when we finally... Here again, how much she loves the one home idea. Not separate space. Community togetherness. Maybe they could just move to like an an active adult community. That'd be cool. Instead of building a time bomb. Maybe they could live in a time capsule and bury themselves in the ground. And what, like reemerge in 2030? Yeah, when the uh, housing market picks back up in Vegas. TLC thinks that we have zero brain cells because... This is where they insert a flashback to one episode ago where we just watched Cody give the Biggie Housie presentation on Christmas Eve, which was only hours ago in the actual recording time. Guys, in in the Sister Wives universe, in this timeline, the footage that they're showing in grayscale, black and white, to make it look like it happened last century, (laughs) took place 
Less than 12 hours ago, it's the same day. I teared up when I saw the grayscale. And that's a scene that they used for advertisements for a whole week building up to that episode too. This is not the first time we've seen this. We've seen this at least a dozen times. Ad nauseum. We are very familiar with the footage. Very familiar with Cody's pitch and his PowerPoint skills. Mary gives us zero thoughts on the house. We had her pegged, though. Right. So she finally says what we already thought last week, which is that she's waiting until the others share their opinions because she knows that her opinion really doesn't matter to them anyway. (laughs) And she tries to clarify that point by saying that even if she does have a strong opinion and the three other wives all feel a different way about it than majority rules. So she's just going to sit back and let everyone else decide her life's journey for her. Well, that's easier. Let it go. Let them decide. If it works in her favor, that's great, right? If not, she's just going to pack up all her LuLaRoe money and get the fuck out of there. Is that cheating? (laughs) I don't know, Mary. If anybody knows anything about cheating, it's you, Mary. She's our resident expert on cheating. It's all up to you. Is it cheating? I don't know. Emotionally, maybe. Janelle spills the beans. Uh, The others don't want to live together because of past experiences. So then we get to see an example of the time, again, when they lived in that house in Lehigh. Lehigh! And Christine had to live in the basement. Yeah, Christine was bottom bitch. Which is, I mean, where Mary would probably go now. So I think she doesn't need to be concerned about that anymore. Yeah, basement cat, for sure. And she had to hear all the others above her walking, laughing, while she sat in the basement, alone in her lair. Right. Not healthy. There's no privacy. You can hear stuff going on. And Christine makes it very apparent that she's big on privacy, apparently. I did not know this about Christine. Did you know that she's a fucking freak? She's a freaky bitch. Did you know that? What What did I miss? Did you miss this? I missed this. No, so we got to see the footage of Cody smacking her ass. You saw that, right? Oh, yeah. Was that as dirty as it got? That was like Mormon dirty. No, I'm talking about, she was talking about like being master of her domain. And that's what she enjoys. She loves having her own space. Because when she got married, she had an idea of what kind of wife she wanted to be. But she couldn't be that kind of wife with the other wives around in the house. She wanted to. Be able to be loved in the kitchen. Christine feels... Outside. Christine feels a wife should be loved in their bedroom, kitchen, living room, and wherever. Outside, whatever. No rules. In the laundry room, in the basement, on the roof. She a freaky bitch. In the bathroom, in the living room. And when Christine's hearing all this talk about Biggie Housey, all that means is cock block central, and she don't want it. It would be like an episode of The Bachelor. It would be exactly like The Bachelor. It'd be, can I steal him for a sec? Every 10 seconds. I'm sorry. Can I steal him for a sec? I didn't get to talk to him. I only got five minutes. But I, that was my bottle of champagne from home. Janelle came in. Janelle. She stole Cody. Let's be real. If anyone's coming in and stealing anyone's time, it's Robin. So Christine was trying to make the point that you can't be as openly intimate because there was always a chance where a sister wife could, would, and did walk in. So I would love to see those deleted scenes. Yeah, that disturbed me. Does no one know how to knock? You live in a house with 20 people. Nobody's knocking on doors. If I lived in this house, any time that I approached a door frame, a window, 
anything, I'd be very hesitant. Audible approach. To look. There has to be an audible approach. You have to make a lot of noise as you approach, knock on doors, avoid making eye contact with anyone on the other side of a window. It's roommate courtesy. It's courtesy. But basically, Christine's had a taste of kitchen sex and she can't give that up. She's she's not going back to the Anne Frank whisper banging. Now we know why Christine did not opt for the wet bar. She needed to keep that counter space. You goddamn right. Robin also isn't giving us her opinion. Robin, she is not burdened by thoughts. She just says that she knows there are strong opinions and makes a bunch of awkward faces at the camera. And that's pretty much it. Let's leave it at that. Now, we open coming back from commercial break with the producers trying to get them to do a really stupid group Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Janelle refuses to participate. <laughs> Janelle didn't say it. No, because let's be real. She won't even say Mary's name at this point. So <laughs> fuck Merry Christmas. She draws the line. She draws the line. It's happy holidays only around here. So the TLC camera people are hard at work and panning around all the terrifying knickknacks that are occupying Robin's home. There is an albino fairy angel. More angels. But... To be fair, we already knew that she had a thing for anything Angel because she had a mountain of Victoria's Secret Angel card debt. Yeah, and Cody's just taking us around the tour. Angels, angels, Jesus, gingerbread houses. Disney Christmas decorations, nativity scenes. He left off the creepy Santa and Mrs. Claus, though. He didn't point them out, but the camera's made sure to get it. There's just lots and lots of stuff they must have found some of them in that haunted attic at that restaurant that they went to for lunch they were probably they probably just like materialized in there and she's like this is so cute robin loves to spend money on ugly useless shit so then we roll to the mountain of presents because each kid gets one to two presents and that adds up quick yeah we get some real insight here which is that christmas takes a long time when you have so many people never would have thought that it's exponential but the browns don't know anything about exponential growth dayton gives cody a megaphone for christmas so now he can officially start construction on the biggie housey <laughs> that was my immediate thought who the fuck bought cody a bullhorn and i thought probably robin and then yeah it turns out it was from dayton same diff same diff Basically. first spawn yeah speaking of spawn hunter makes a joke about conception yeah Hunter attempts to make a joke and thanks Cody and Janelle for having conceived him. It was not an immaculate conception. Yeah, and continuing with the Brown family tradition of inappropriate discussions taking place in front of the entire family. We hear a joke made by Cody about how he didn't even have a ponytail back then. Which production was confused by this and I had no insight on this either so I'm glad that they took the time to explain it a little bit because apparently that ponytail drives Janelle wild. Janelle likes tugging on that thing. Ooh, did you see Mary's face during all this? Because Robin's trying to explain the ponytail parade here and Mary's face was just so unamused for the entirety of it. Minimal reaction. Mary hasn't tugged on that ponytail in a while. No. So now onto the stockings and more gift exchange. Robin was... It's a good thing they actually have gifts to exchange with each other because Robin was worried when she was first introduced to the family. She heard that Cody was kind of a Grinch when it came to Christmas. Deal breaker. This is another conversation about money, of course. And the translation, Cody's father was cheap and so is he. Except he's not. He's just cheap when he has to buy things for other people. It's the war on affluent Christmas. He kept using the word affluent. It's okay if we can't have an affluent Christmas. Yeah, basically Cody throws his dad under the bus 
and explains his passion to reject the glitz of commercialism associated with Christmas comes from his father. But Cody wants his family to find joy. That's what he wants for Christmas. That's what'll make his heart grow three sizes that day. Maddie and Caleb announce that they're pregnant again. Everyone's excited. I'm really fucking bored. And honestly, I'm surprised that Mary didn't kick down the tree and announce that she had a surprise for everyone before Maddie made this announcement. So I applaud her for her restraint because usually when there's a surprise involved, Mary needs to get out in front of it and make an announcement first, whether it be elevators or Flagstaff puppy parties or pregnancy announcements. Mary couldn't understand why this was a lot more exciting to the family than her in-home elevator. Uh, And Cody can't comprehend that the natural cycle of life is taking place and his children are having their own children, so he doesn't need to keep procreating. Yeah, Cody is... Hearing this news that Maddie is pregnant, realizing that it doesn't involve him, and immediately thinks, I need to have a kid. Maybe you shouldn't have moved away from your adult children and your grandkids. Just a thought. Yeah, they were complaining about how there weren't enough grandkids running around the house. They only had one. Axel. That's it. There's a shortage of grandchildren, but that's because you guys keep fucking up the economy everywhere you go. Everyone is thinking about how much more space they all need in order to gather which is a big deal, and Robin drops the first hint that she's on board for the big house. Now time for some real talk. Janelle needs to speak with Cody, Mary, Christine, and Robin about these homes back in Vegas. So everyone's coming over to Mary's ginormous rental uh, to reflect on their poor financial decisions with the ambiance that only a mall water fountain can provide. Yeah, and it's neutral territory, you know? Mary's house, it's not really like any member of the family or anything. It's just neutral ground where you can all come together and come to terms. Everyone checks their feelings at the door before they walk in there. Cody agrees that he will not bring up the biggie housey during this discussion. This is just to talk about the houses in Vegas. Cody makes a pinky promise with the producer that he will not bring up the biggie housey during this conversation. It is not the appropriate time. They have enough footage of this. It's January. We've talked about it. All during Christmas, how we're not going to talk about it. We're still not going to talk about it. Please don't talk about it. What we hear is that people are coming through the houses, but no one's making an offer. And honestly, this has got to be a blessing in disguise, right? Because Mary and Robin's houses aren't even listed yet. Janelle does the rundown. It's just Janelle and Christine's houses on the market. And they've been on the market for six months now. But imagine if it was all four houses on the market at the same time just sitting there like that. That would be worse. Oh, potentially. As a buyer, you're walking through and four houses on the same cul-de-sac are for sale. What are what are the thoughts that cross your mind? In oh, that my first thought, is this like a nuclear fallout zone? Top of the list, haunted. That's what's going on. Radioactive fallout, right up there too. Indian burial ground, sure. It's on the list. What all, do you want? All things that I would absolutely... Oil pipeline in the believe. backyard. <laughs> Site of a former oil spill. <laughs> too close to Area 51. Just too close. Proximity, didn't like it. Locusts. <laughs> Sriracha factory. <laughs> they say that the fumes burn your eyes. What else? It's it's in the backyard of an airstrip. Monster truck rallies take place. <laughs> in the cul-de-sac? In the cul-de-sac. Or in the backyards. Wherever they can fit them. Dybbuk Fox time capsule. That's it. That's the winner. Christine is mad. And she wants to talk to Janelle separately. Uh, because Janelle is her real estate agent. And she would do that with somebody who was an agent who was not part of the family. Uh, She makes her home payments by herself. Mm. 
and she wants to have more control over this situation. Christine is a strong, independent, kitchen fucking, sexually active in her own kitchen woman. Hashtag the future is female. I can totally understand where she's coming from being upset. Since Janelle is in the family, this now becomes a family discussion, whereas Christine wanted to have this information up front so she could formulate an opinion and then discuss it with the family. So I have a little bit different of an opinion on this. It feels like she wants to have it both ways. Mm. She wants to be part of a plural marriage, but she wants to live her life and control her finances like she is in a monogamous relationship. Right. Because at the end of the day, all these conversations about money are family conversations because it is all their shared money. It may have been her house physically, but it won't be an eternity. And speaking of shared money... Janelle is talking about cutting the prices of both her house and Christine's house by $40,000 each. Right. Janelle's fucking over it at this point. She's tired of double rent, double utilities, and she just wants to cut their losses. Ooh, that stress. All that stress. You feel that stress. Robin can't even comprehend the price drop and has a lot of opinions. Robin knows that smaller numbers mean less dollars, and she doesn't like that. This bitch hasn't even listed her house yet. Robin's first question was, is that going to affect the price of mine, though? Bitch, no, it won't affect yours. It's not on the market. That doesn't exist. It's theoretical. No, but she's getting ready to list her house, to be fair. Getting ready. Ben getting ready. Some wires cross, and suddenly things go off in Robin's brain, and she realizes that potentially this price drop could affect the way she has to list the price of her home. It's a legitimate fear. And she goes from zero to 100. Mm-mm, that means less. I don't like that. Mary doesn't even know how to get people through the door to look at her house. And she makes a funny. Ooh. So Mary trolls us and says, I don't know what to say other than it's an amazing house and it has a fabulous wet bar. She got us. She got us. I liked this, Mary. She should hit the sauce more often before they film. And it turns out that Cody is completely on board with... Cutting the full 40K from each of these houses and just get them off the market. Get them sold. Robin wants to make this decision as a team, but she feels like Cody is just dictating things to them. And I'm like, where where has she been? Well, this is the first time, clearly, that Cody has not asked Robin for her opinion first mm. before he goes about placing his demands on the rest of the family. Right, because I was like, is she new this season? She's not. <laughs> she's not that new, right? She's been around. She knows Cody. Now Cody goes beyond Janelle's recommendation and says, let's just list these houses as low as we're comfortable versus just the $40,000 that she originally brought to the table. Janelle does math and explains that they're saving on commission and then win-win here. She legally can't distribute her commission to the family because they're the sellers. This is a concept that none of the rest of the wives understand. Robin specifically doesn't understand because she's used to getting her hands on any money that comes through the family. What is real estate law? All it means is Janelle just won't be taken from that sweet shared honeypot for a little while once that check clears. So Janelle's in the shit, pretty much. Anyway, you cut it here because she's trying to help the family by offering these services and saving on the commission. But now she has to tell them, lower the prices, and Cody is even undercutting what she's recommending. Right. Cody is spiraling and just spitting out dumber and dumber ideas. And he says that he's been waiting for Janelle to bring this up for two months now when Robin snaps at him about it. Cody says that he's clairvoyant 
and has wanted to lower this price and has been waiting for Janelle to bring it up. And Janelle says that Cody has been up her ass about the price reductions. Which Robin goes, wait a minute. Cody's been telling her that Janelle's been bugging him about dropping the prices. Ooh. Cody is a teenage girl. Yeah, Janelle survived her first three-way calling attack. And that's not all that Robin's pissed about. Robin checks the tape. She throws back to when Cody was presenting that sweet, sweet PowerPoint. And he says that they had just so much equity in these houses that it was a great idea and that she can't just switch her mindset now and cut their losses. Why would he just lie to his wife like that? Cody reminds Robin of the fact that time passes. Because, yeah, that they were talking nine months ago. Those houses should have been on the market within four months was what he had told her. Whoops, didn't get around to that. And Robin totally doesn't understand the fact that financial situations change. The market changes. Sometimes you plan a family reunion and then you move and you can't have it anymore. What does that mean? <laughs> I said yes. I'm, I'm family reunion oriented. She seems like she's never read a newspaper in her life. Robin gets so mad. Like, this was a side of Robin I have never seen before, and I wasn't ready for it. Has she ever been this mad about anything before? This seems like the behind-closed-door Robin that Cody has to deal with when she doesn't get her way. It was Mama Bear. The Robin Bear. Bitchy Bear. So Cody opens Pandora's box and asks if they're happy where they're living. Right. He's on the defensive and he's ready to threaten them with moving back to Vegas because of the fact that Robin is blaming him for making this terrible financial decision. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah, but Robin's going to have to call their insurance adjuster. Someone call an ambulance because Robin has whiplash. I got whiplash. Cody, you're giving me flipping whiplash. Now Robin claims that she was internally against the move, but making money on the houses is what got her to agree to it. Secretly, Robin would be cool with the move if they got rich, but now they're not, so she's not crazy about it anymore. Right. She doesn't understand basic economics, and she just can't wrap her head around this entire conversation. Now, Janelle asks Cody if he's mad, which he clearly is, and Robin gets her shit and leaves. So they're done with the house-selling conversation. It's winding down. Janelle's kind of tying up some loose ends here and there you know with the conversation robin has already stood up and bolted to the door and is putting her shoes on 
ready to vacate the premises. Because nobody can stand to stay in Mary's house a minute longer. I gotta say, this is like, this is a huge diss in Midwestern culture. So I'm just saying, this is like, you don't do that. You gotta have like your initial goodbye, your conversational goodbye, your verbal goodbye, your walking over to the door goodbye, your hand on the door goodbye, and then you actually leave if you don't get pulled in for something else in between because then you have to start the process over. Speaking of leaving, the three other wives and the crew are out and Cody decides to keep Mary after class and... And Mary, talk Mary to doesn't have a pass, so he has to keep her after class. Right. So he's got to stay behind and talk to Mary and her giant toe alone. Yeah, Mary's toe is on full display. I thought I was sick of the My Feet Are Killing Me ads, but now they're just subliminally adding it to shows on TLC so they can keep getting viewership. This is the ugliest couch I've ever seen. Maybe that's why Cody doesn't want to sit next to Mary on it. Yeah, they're sitting as far away as possible from each other. There are three empty seats in between where he could be sitting with her. He he keeps his original seat on the other side of the room away from her. Yeah, he doesn't want to sit on this couch, which looks like it came from the set of Clue, and it looks like Mary's going to bust out a glass of brandy and a cigar at any moment. So what is so important? that Cody wants to talk to Mary about where he has to make such a big stink about everybody else leaving the room so he can talk to her one-on-one. Now we get to hear the dumbest conversation I've ever heard about economics and home prices. And he asked Mary if she remembers the house in Lehigh. and Lehigh! And what happened to the value of it. And we learn it went in half. It was a plural family home. And it was hard to sell because it had three apartments in it. So sidebar, great idea. Let's build another plural family home. But this time with four apartments in it in Flagstaff. In a, in a non-Mormon community. Absolutely. Okay, so now I'm going to go on a little rant here. They bought that house in Lehigh in 2006, which was the height of housing prices before the Great Recession. Right. So, of course, you lost money on it. Everybody did. Everyone lost equity in their homes after that. And it, they did end up selling it, finally, in 2016, but that's not out of the norm. It took years for housing prices to rebound. And he's living like that's the rule not the exception for what happens with the economy. So Mary is confused why Cody is talking to her about this. At all. First of all, she's confused that he's talking to her at all, but more so confused why he's talking to her about this and why he's talking to her alone. So Mary is also off put by this situation as well. Cody tells us that Mary is a captive audience and he's got to get this off of his chest. So that's why he stayed behind to talk to her. And that's not all that puts her off because now Cody gives us a gem of advice and he says, let's take it right to the nuts edge. Take it right to the nuts edge, get somebody to buy it and buy it fast. I don't think Cody knows what the nuts edge means. That's something that Mary hasn't heard him say to her in a long time. Yeah, Mary hasn't had to think about Cody's nuts in a long time. Thank God. Maybe it's something Christine told him about in that kitchen. Yeah, working on that kitchen nut. (sighs) Mary calls out that Cody is making a 
decision based on fear, all while he's going on about how the market is adjusting and the sky is falling. And Mary likes to point out here, too, that he's making a decision based on fear when he's always advised against doing that, too. But remember from a couple episodes ago, polygamy is a dichotomy of contradictions. So I wish they would have put a black and white flashback clip to that. Yeah, so that's an appropriate segue to what Mary says next, which is that she's concerned that he's going to look like an idiot. And for just a moment, she has a little bit of regret about saying that out loud. And she says, it's best that I don't say that. And then she has a change of heart and says, no, I'm going to say it. She's worried he's going to look like an idiot. Too late. He always looks like an idiot. Every episode. Now, Cody tells Mary that he's talking to her because he knows that she won't freak out because she wasn't in love with this place in the first place. And it's a total power move because Mary's made it clear that she wouldn't tell anyone her position on how she feels about the move. But he's trying to tell her, no, I know it. I know what you feel about the move. And I know that you're not excited about it. So that's why I can talk to you about it. Well, he's gaslighting her here. Oh, yeah. It's a well, that's what I'm saying. It's it's a power move from Cody because he's like, oh, I know it. I know what you feel about this, even though you haven't told anybody at all what you feel about this. He took the opportunity to make her feel bad yet again because he had to beat someone else down in this conversation after feeling like he had been attacked. But Mary admits that she doesn't feel comfortable about this reason because she reveals that she was fine. She's fine moving to Flagstaff. So, and why why shouldn't she be? She upgraded. She took that as an opportunity and she capitalized on this move. Right. She was fine with moving to Flagstaff. She even bought the goddamn hoodie Cody. Yeah, so Cody likes to just coat on that final layer of fear by saying that he's worried that they'll have to move back if this doesn't pan out. Which leads to my favorite edit in the entire series out of the five episodes that I've seen so far this season. And it is a solid production dig because right as Mary is asking, is there anything we could have done differently? They cut to Mary's indoor waterfall. They better get a Golden Globe nomination for that edit. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. And then Cody drops a bomb and says, we could have moved to St. George. Apparently, he had an alternate presentation where they moved back to Utah instead. Yeah, he missed that presentation deadline, though. No wonder no one can find this man during the day. He is busy making multiple presentations of places all around the country that they could move. It's always good to have an escape plan. But Robin had to remind him that, hey, your favorite wife is going to be spending a lot of time in Flagstaff with or without you. So he just scribbled out Utah and changed it to Arizona. Mary doesn't care where they would have ended up moving a move is a move and mary was completely transparent about the fact that no matter where they were moving they would have been moving there slow that's all that matters mary tells cody that she's going to talk to janelle and cody is getting super pissy about joining them for that conversation yeah he's trying to duck this Yeah, now all of a sudden, he's bitching about how Janelle is going to tell him that they should be cautious. So I didn't really understand this because I thought, wait, so now he's saying Janelle won't reduce the houses enough? When apparently he was telling Robin that she was pushing him to lower the prices? My takeaway from it too, or my prediction that I was basing off of this too, kind of plays in with why he was talking to Mary one-on-one for this as well. And I think he set it up this way so that he could blame some of these decisions on Mary, and then that way Robin could continue to worship him. Ooh, that's a good conspiracy. As soon as I saw it happening, and as soon as he was trying to avoid that conversation with Janelle, I thought, 
he didn't want to be the bad guy. Right. He has had his hand in all of these decisions up to this point, and they've all turned out very poorly. Right. He wants to share some of the blame. He needs a scapegoat. When are these women going to realize that they just need to overrule him? Put your four brains together and figure it out, well, because this Robert, man does well, not have all the... Three and a half. Put your three brains together. Three and a... Put your three brains together and figure it out, because he does not have all of the answers. Right. Faith in God. We've gambled big with hope and I'm struggling to hold on to my faith on it. I feel like I'm handling this immaturely. Ding, ding, ding. Those are the nuggets of inspiration that we were left with at the end of this episode. All right. So in two weeks, Valentine's Day is awkward. We're back to the biggie housey. Cody is being monitored at all times. And Robin knows bad marriages because she's had two. Takes one to know one. There is a gap week. Yep, so next week is a gap week because of Super Bowl Sunday. Ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. We'll still be releasing an episode regardless of the break. Uh, we're tossing around some ideas. We're thinking about maybe covering the catfish scandal in more depth. A deep dive on the financial situation of the houses based on public records that we can find. Looking back at some of the the old throwback episodes of the show. Yeah, the honeymoon. Robin's honeymoon special. Mary and Cody's anniversary special. Pre-catfish. Yeah, still up in the air. It's going to be something, so stay tuned. We'll be sure to upload that as our regularly scheduled programming for the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share with a friend. Grab a mini bullhorn and shout it from the rooftops or sew our URL into some homemade pajama pants or just awkwardly ask someone without notice to stay after a group presentation and tell them about us. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by leaving us a review on iTunes. Thank you, everybody, who's gone out of their way to do that so far. We really appreciate it. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. Goodbye, SoundCloud. Turns out you shouldn't host the podcast on SoundCloud. <laughs> Lessons learned in the first few episodes. <laughs> we are not professionals, nor do we pretend to be. But hey, follow us on Twitter at surviving underscore pod. Thank you and see you next week. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.